0: His name, John M. Chu. God bless you. But thank you, M. Chu. I get it. Okay, (laughs) that's going out. (laughs) Welcome to Let's Run That Back. I'm Cody. I'm Matt. Today we will catch up on what we've been watching, sing and dance within the heights, and we'll talk about some of our favorite musicals from film and stage. So without further ado, let's run that back. So a lot of people would probably expect that we're about to dive into Loki right now.
1: I really liked this episode. All right, so I have not, not seen, much happened. I have not
0: seen episode three yet. I've only seen episode two. It's been a busy week.
1: Loki's a little bit gay, so
0: we really can't talk about it.
1: That's what you find
0: out. But episode two, just just a brief thing because we talked about it last week, and I mentioned how I was feeling. Episode two was amazing to me. I thought it started off a little slow, and I was wondering what was gonna happen. But by the end, I was so hyped. I thought the ending was so cool. So I'm really ready to watch episode three tonight. <laughs> and it's funny because. They had mentioned that Loki could be, look like anything, pretty much, because right. it's a different, didn't even think of female Loki, which well, is probably a thing from the comics that I didn't know, and so, but I just never expected Currently, in the
1: it. Kermit, current, in the Kermit comics? In the
0: Kermit comics? I haven't read the Kermit comics. <laughs> I would read the hell out of those. In the
1: current comics, Loki is female, it's they're called Lady Loki, and so there was okay. speculation that she might be in this series. Okay. Um, and I will leave it at that with you having For not seen the forward. third episode.
0: Okay, cool. Well, I did. I was trying to find a movie to watch recently. Just I wanted to watch a horror movie. and
1: So you watched a decent one like Insidious? I didn't. <laughs> hey, I listen, wanted to watch
0: one I'd never seen. Another
1: thing, okay?
0: Oh, God. Picking up on our last episode conversation. Y-
1: your point is that the kid in Insidious doesn't even get possessed, right? That's Uh because he's a badass kid. Your stupid, weak little girl in The Exorcist got possessed (laughs) like that.
0: Like nothing even happened. She just got possessed. You don't even see when she gets possessed because that's how easy it was to possess her. Right. Yeah. Great, great argument that he's been waiting two weeks to say, pretty much.
1: I thought of that literally less than 10 minutes after we stopped recording (laughs) last (laughs) time.
0: Well, I ended up finding a movie from 2017 called The Ritual on Netflix, and it was really good. I didn't think about this until I saw someone say it in a review on Letterboxd, that The Ritual felt like Blair Witch Project if you actually got to see the things happen in Blair Witch Project. You know how, like, the scary things, like, yes, I know that, well, you're gonna say that's the point of Blair Witch, it's definitely something they did to work around the constraints that they had with not having any money and it really works in the Blair Witch Project right I love the Blair Witch Project
1: I I, I thought you were getting at that it was a problem because it bothers me that everyone says oh they only did that because they didn't have any money when people look at Jaws and you only don't see the shark because the shark robot didn't work and it's looked at as genius
0: there there's I feel like there's a debate to be Broken apart in comparing Blair Witch Project to Jaws, but I see where you're coming from. Only oh, that specific. <laughs> right, right. But but the ritual is like, what if Blair Witch Project happened, but you also got to see a monster and see like all of the you know, action stuff happen. See, I don't
1: know. I haven't It was haven't also a it.
0: completely different movie than Blair Witch yeah, Project. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't found footage, it wasn't anything like that. I thought it was great, though. It was reminiscent to me of a movie like *Midsummer* or *Hereditary*, where like a really upsetting thing happens, like at I the beginning. I still seen *Midsummer*. It's really good. I think it's very possible either yesterday or today is *Midsummer*, so <laughs> maybe it's time to watch it. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna cut that out if I research it and find out I'm wrong. And then the important, the other important thing that I watched was last night. I watched Conan's last episode i watched
1: i watched everything up until the jack black interview
0: oh okay that's when i started falling asleep yeah i was i was fighting it It, because there's there's a point where i'm like i understand the point of having the last episode be like compilation videos of all Mm -hmm. the great stuff you've done but at the same time i kind of want to see you do something on your last episode that's like new. Um, well, it's so it was like, like I, said, it was kind of walking that line.
1: It's like he said during the monologue, it's like, okay, if it's a bad episode, what are you going to do about
0: it? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to fire me. You're going <laughs> to stop watching me on TV. <laughs> well, Jack Black was good. It's you, you should at least watch that interview because oh, they tell a really funny story. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's so crazy because you introduced me to Conan. Mm-hmm. We, I've been watching Conan since he was on late night with Conan O'Brien, mm-hmm. watched him get the tonight show, watched him get kicked out of the tonight show (laughs) watched his documentary from between the tonight show and his next show watched him start on tbs and it's crazy to think that he's been on tbs for 11 years now Mm -hmm. and so it's just kind of like the end of an era he's like one of those last like classic kind of late night hosts because you have these late night shows that are kind of like changing the formula now like jimmy fallon and james corden and stuff but i feel like conan was the last one keeping that like classic version of a tonight yeah of a talk show they're
1: they're they're becoming a little bit more variety shows
0: yeah and it's very tuned to the internet like you know posting the clips on youtube that's fine i love them oh yeah it makes it so i don't have to stay up and watch jimmy fallon (laughs) But yeah, so it's kind of just the end of an era with Conan leaving. um, But at least we can be excited that he's just moving over to HBO Max. He's not retiring for good.
1: And I wonder, he keeps saying, oh, we're going to do something different. And like, I wonder if it's still going to be like...
0: Him talking to celebrities.
1: Which I'm sure it will.
0: Right. But I hope it's closer to what they do with the podcast. I
1: hope Sona's on it.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sona really (laughs) needs to be on it. I mean, and now she's having twins, and so who knows, right. like what she's gonna want to do. Right. But definitely, Sona is as much as Conan would at least jokingly hate to hear it. Sona is like the backbone of that podcast.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the 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 back and forth between all of them.
0: Yes. <laughs> Have you been watching anything?
1: I've been watching a lot of sports. The NBA is deep into the playoffs the heat got swept in the first round but I'm still watching
0: <laughs> swept
1: yeah it was bad and the lightning are in the Eastern Conference Finals the Stanley Cup playoffs and that's game seven is tonight so that's really exciting
0: so it's three to three
1: it's three to three and winner of this game wins the series and goes on to the Stanley Cup finals
0: have they have they won the Stanley Cup they won last before? year well you know what they say Matt Light, lightning never strikes twice. This would be the
1: third cup that they win. <laughs>
0: <laughs> also, lightning definitely does strike twice in yeah, the you're same thinking place. It's, <laughs> a, it's a stupid saying. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm trying to think of what else uh, we've been watching. The Bachelorette started, so we've been
0: watching The Bachelorette. Man, I can't decide which one I'd rather not watch between sports and The Oh, Cody,
1: you should definitely watch Game 7 tonight. Okay. <laughs> also, Dave started. The second season of Dave.
0: Oh, that's the one with the rapper Lil Dicky. Yes, never watched the first Cody. Season.
1: Oh my God, <laughs> it's literally the most uncomfortable I've ever been yeah. watching a TV
0: show. I like, can't watch shows like that. I don't know what it is. Like, even even in Practical Jokers, sometimes I'm like, I feel like I can't handle the uncomfortable. Practical
1: Jokers doesn't come close. I'll I'll, I'll spo- spoilers.
0: Well, oh okay, you're gonna tell me about it.
1: Just in the latest episode. So to set up, throughout the first season, he's dating this girl. They're in a you know super serious relationship. Toward the end of the first season, they um, break up. So at the beginning of the second season, he's you know missing her. You know this and that. So this is the third episode. He tries to call her, goes straight to for- voicemail. He, uh, he texts her, and it's green instead of blue. And his uh, hype man Gata tells him that that means that she blocked him. So. Instead of going, you know what, we're broken up, give her space, he shows up at her house okay, and finds out that she didn't block him. Her phone's just been off because she had surgery to have a mole removed earlier in the day, and she's all hopped up on painkillers. She's having a hard time changing her bandage on, on her back, so he helps her. So she takes her shirt off and he's uh, very uncomfortable with her not having a shirt on and they're broke right. up. Um, he's like, I just, I just won't look. I just won't look. And he's cleaning up her wound. He's sitting there in the, and in the middle of it, she starts telling him, you know, I am still really sad about you. And kind of having because this. Because
0: she's hopped up on drugs.
1: Right, right. And she, you know, they start having this like intimate, close, kind of emotional conversation and he just throws up on her on on her wound.
0: Oh god! <laughs> oh god!
1: And it's really funny, but it's, it's like so out of nowhere. Uncomfortable. Yeah.
0: Oh god. Well,
1: because they set it up. He's on medicine for his back knee, and it makes him nauseous. Okay.
0: Okay. Jesus. That probably just feels like the best, because the thing that's good about things like that, even if it is super uncomfortable, is having that as, like, a payoff, because I'm assuming that's, like, later in the episode. It's he,
1: he does it, she says something about it, and then the episode ends.
0: Right. Having that payoff is, is great in any sort of
1: show. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you're so uncomfortable.
0: At least they cut out. <laughs> <laughs> At least they cut out. Yeah. <laughs> but this oh, but
1: but I mean it's a good show it's not all I shouldn't I'm making it yeah. seem like that's all it is it's not all uncomfortable there's also really great. funny jokes really great characters and then he'll do this thing where he's like super embarrassed to rap in front of people and stuff but then he'll just ran he'll 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 go fuck it I'll do it and he does it and he legitimately is such a good rapper yeah he writes good lyrics like even if you take all the joke stuff about it he's really good <laughs> Yeah. Um, Yeah. So you hear some, you know, little dicky music uh, throughout the the, uh, series as well.
0: Speaking of music and rap, actually. You are
1: so proud of yourself.
0: We watched In the Heights. And let me tell you, it was not written by David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick. He wrote The Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It but we still did this movie. We're not going to change into a podcast that's just about David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick. We're going to keep doing other movies as well going forward in the future.
1: Let's run that McGoldrick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this movie was written by Kiara Alegria-Hudis and it was directed by John M. Chu. And yes, I did look up how to pronounce her name. Oh, I thought you were we going to say this. his. <laughs> his name, John M. Chu. It's based on the play, also written by Kiara Allegria hudis and with music and lyrics by Lynn Memo Miranda. It is starring quite a bit of people, so I'm just going to say a few. Melissa Barrera, Leslie Grace, Corey Hawkins, Anthony Ramos, among others. A lot of people, including Stephanie Beatriz, our favorite Detective Rosa from, Rosa. from Brooklyn Nine-Nine.
1: Several people from Brooklyn Nine-Nine.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, well, because... Lynn Memo Miranda was in an episode of Brooklyn nine nine. Yep. And I read someone else was in it. Jimmy was Smits. it Abuela?
1: Abuela Claudia was Rosa's Abuela in in Brooklyn 9 Nine. And Jimmy Smith's is uh Santiago's dad.
0: Like oh, oh yes, yes, yes. I remember that. He was also in Dexter.
1: Yeah. Miguel so yeah, Prada. they pretty
0: much they pretty much uh poached Brooklyn Nine-Nine's casting for this movie. I
1: was I was waiting for Andy Samberg to show up.
0: Oh <laughs> my! Like, you're gonna keep waiting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we watched In the Heights. Obviously, the movie is a musical, and it's it's based on a play. So there's lots of music, lots of dancing, and since it's Lin Manuel Miranda, who's obviously famous from In the Heights and Hamilton, there's a lot of hip hop infused into it and rapping. So Matt, what's it about? Without completely plagiarizing Wikipedia, Act One. Oh As God! the sun rises no. on the hottest day of the summer, <laughs> no, stop de la Vega,
1: it. the owner of a small bodega in Washington Heights, chases away a small-time vandal graffiti. S- you Pete, are pr- <laughs> before introducing just... the audience to the corner he lives on, and some of its many residents.
0: You're just reading Wikipedia. No, I'm not. I'm just off the top of my head. <laughs> no, it is not. Abuela no. Claudia.
1: No, matriarchal figure act one who helped raise Usnavi, among others. Stop. Usnavi's Stop young, it. lazy cousin Stop Sonny, it. who helped I don't, run the bodega. Daniela and Carla, who run the local salon. And Kevin and Camila Rosario, who run the cab company.
0: This joke has gone on way too long. Let's As the day begins, the it. Rosario's Stop daughter it. Nina. <laughs> okay, pretty much the movie is mostly the main character is Uznavi, who has a bodega on a corner in Washington Heights. He wants to retire to the Dominican Republic, but he's having mixed feelings about if he should leave or if he should go, because if he leaves, he's leaving his whole community behind. And he imagined that a lot of them would, like, you know, just want to come with him. But other people have such a connection to the Heights, like he does, that they want to continue pursuing their dreams there, pretty much. And so you have tons of characters. You have Nina, who's going to college on the West Coast to a great college. What was it, Stanford? It's one of those big schools, you know. You've got Vanessa, who wants to be a fashion designer and move downtown and live downtown you the have...
1: next morning, the neighborhood Stop it. changed.
0: <laughs> you have Uznavi who's trying to retire to the Dominican Republic, where he remembers being there as a child. His cousin that works with him Sunny. is hoping to go to college one day, but he is undocumented, so that's going to be difficult. Um, so there's just, like, the, tons of these Did stories that are all kind of woven together.
1: Benny is the one that works for the um, cab company. Oh,
0: for the cab company. Yeah, okay. Dr. Dre. He, oh, he played Dr. Dre in Straight out of Compton? Yeah. I was wondering what else he was in. So, yeah, so his uh, he, there's also Benny who works for the local dispatch at the cab company. And he's just looking to live large and, and make money, you know? He's he's looking to become a businessman and, and make it in the world. Um, which is pretty much what everyone's doing, just with their specific...
1: Everybody's got a sueñito. Little
0: dreams. Right. Which means a little dream, right? That's what it is.
1: Mm-hmm. Sueño is dream. And then anything Ito in Spanish that you add Ito to uh makes it little. You're my Hermanito.
0: <laughs> it's this like kinda interwoven storylines that kind of all connect to each other as they sing and dance and rap and live life in the heights. So I don't know how I'm gonna edit any of that. How if that sounded good, I'm great.
1: It it's based on a Broadway play, so it's there's a lot going on, a lot yes, yes. more going on simultaneously than you're used to in in a just uh, a movie, right? What'd you think? I liked it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, like I said, there was a lot going on. Carrie made a good point after we watched it. There, you're you're following each individual character's story, mm-hmm. and then also following the story of those characters relationships with one another to the point where when you're in a scene or when you're in a an arc where you're following that story it'll build and build and build and build and, build, and then it'll cut to another character and and kind of and then you got to build 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 again so you never really got to that like height of heights yeah you never really got to that peak of
0: you never got to the heights of the <laughs> arcs right
1: and again i just attributed that to There was just a lot going on. I feel like I would have probably enjoyed it a bit more if it were on stage.
0: On stage, yeah.
1: Um, But that's kind of, I don't want to say a problem, but that's like kind of something that a lot of musical, Broadway musicals or stage musicals. Like adaptations. um, Adapted into movies run into. Right, right, right. But I I really like, I just, the way that Lin-Manuel Miranda writes music and lyrics, I, mm-hmm. I really, really um, like a lot of his songs, whether it's this or Hamilton or Moana. Mm-hmm. I'm really mm-hmm. excited to hear his uh, Little Mermaid stuff.
0: Oh, I forgot he's doing that. Yeah.
1: I, I I just really like the way that he writes music. And then, you know, for the most part, it was well acted. Yeah. Um, There were a couple of times where, you know, Usnavi would say or do something, <laughs> and I'm like, mm. but I think he was supposed to be a little bit awkward, so maybe that was
0: intentional. Yes. What's funny is someone, a, a coworker of mine, who has seen like a stage production of it, whether it was like a video version of it with Lin Manuel Miranda as Uznavi. Mm-hmm. Before I watched the movie, she was saying Lin Manuel Miranda plays Uznavi a little like dorkier, mm-hmm. and and in the movie, Anthony Ramos is like a little bit. Cooler, mm-hmm. and I'm watching this movie. I'm like, this guy's a dork. Like I like, and that's coming from someone that's a nerd, you know. So it's like I I couldn't necessarily see how this guy was like cool. <laughs> like I think right. he played it awkward on purpose, especially when he was around Vanessa. He was he was nervous and awkward and right. didn't know how. Well, to act, it worked so.
1: because it seemed like everybody loved him. Yes, you know. So he's got to have some level of I don't know swag.
0: <laughs> he's like, he's like a, he's like a big part of the community because his dad ran the bodega. And so, you know, it's the generational thing. Like everyone knows each other over there. Right. I pretty much, for the most part, agree with you, especially when it comes to like Lin-Manuel Miranda's lyrics mm-hmm. and the way it's not just the lyrics and it's not just the music. It's the way that they weave into each other. And his like the rhyme structure. Is, yes. Yeah. The beats constantly changing the flow of the words are changing and sometimes the words will kind of get ahead of the beat and the beat will catch up and sometimes the beat moves first and the words have to mm-hmm. catch up and it's just like it's this puzzle that he puts together that I genuinely just don't understand how he does it. <laughs> right. Because you'll have songs that that go on for six, seven minutes right. that feel like five different songs. Right. But they all have... This same theme that they keep going back to,
1: right? Well, it's amazing. That's, that's a mark of a lot of musicals. Yes. The thing that Lin Manuel Miranda does so well is how he incorporates rap and pacing, and yes, you know all, all of that, and like weaves that in and out of like a traditional musical right. score or song.
0: And I thought the performances were great, also. Um, I mean, I know you said they were mostly great. I thought they were just great overall, because um, there is. This is going to make it sound like I thought that the performances were too overdramatic because I didn't think that. But when you're going into like a Broadway film, you kind of expect a level of it to be a little over the top.
1: Well, that's that's another thing that, you know, you kind of learn for stage acting is the the person in the front row is going to see every little thing that you do. Right. You're not acting to them. You're acting to the people in the back. They need you, to catch yes. everything. So everything on stage is a little bit over the top. You know, right. you're going to be a little bit louder. You're you're going to swing your arm a little bit more. So it's so it's emphasized right. so everybody can can see an experience. And I think that they brought a little bit of that to the movie, even though it's not yeah. as necessary.
0: And that's something that I learned about in college when I was learning about acting was The huge shift between being a Broadway performer and being a film actor in that on Broadway, you're there live with the crowd and you almost like work with them. So you're going to do a big movement and go huge so that the crowd reacts like to what you're doing and you get that immediate feedback from the crowd if they like what you're doing. When you go into film, you do the performance and it's like, all right, cut. And like there's no reaction from like anyone you don't get feedback so as an actor you just kind of have to trust in yourself and the director that like what you're doing is good and it's not over dramatic or not enough or something and it's kind of just interesting how that the way you act evolves with the level of feedback that you get from your audience pretty much right and I thought Anthony Ramos was great because he's a he's a Broadway actor I'm sure a lot of People in this movie are Broadway actors, and I'm not aware Mm -hmm. of it, but I I thought they all did great. And I liked how, you know, bright and fun and like inspirational the story is and everything. It's just like, it's kind of just like a good time when you're watching it. And for the most part, I liked the cinematography. There's a shot early on in the movie that I thought was fantastic, like during the first song, where uznavi looks out his bodega window and in the reflection you see all the dancers doing the choreography mm-hmm. and dancing to the song while he's inside through the window singing the lyrics and so you're getting mm-hmm. this close-up of the character getting to see their emotional reaction to what they're saying while in the reflection you're also getting to see the dance number going and i thought that they was did fantastic. a lot of
1: that they did a lot of playing with reflections yes, they and did. stuff there was there was a point where Vanessa was getting the drink or whatever, and Usnavi walked up on the other side of the yes, you know, the refrigeration door yes, and their faces were
0: in the same shot like yeah. Even yeah, though yeah. you're over the shoulder of one of them, you still see right. them in the reflection. You
1: saw her reflection, but then he walked up and their their faces like occupied the same space, right. Which is which is cool. always great.
0: Yeah, I love interesting, creative ways of showing actors faces even when you have the constraint of I'm in a really thin aisle and I can only shoot over the shoulder of one of them and stuff like they had really cool things like that I guess we'll get into it a little later when we talk about our favorite musicals and stuff but just like we probably should have done this earlier but like do you like musicals in general
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I like quality in general. So whether that's um, a comedy, whether that's a a chick flick, whether that's a horror movie or musical or whatever, I'm in. I I don't really discriminate. I won't set aside a whole genre because most of the movies in that genre I don't like. You know what I mean? But overall, yes, I, I, I like a lot of musicals. There are very few that I've watched and not been able to appreciate. Yeah.
0: I feel pretty much the same way about musicals. And I feel like, you know, even before I watched this movie, I was kind of going into it like, I think I'm just going to like this because I like Lin-Manuel Miranda's other work. I like fun musicals. I like just the, I like the drama of it. Like, I just, I really Mm -hmm. like musicals. So going into this, it was pretty much... It was gonna be hard for me to not like it, so <laughs> that, that's how I went into it. Did you have anything that you felt like you didn't like? I did last night. Yeah, you, you had issues last night. Did you watch it last night? I finished it last okay. night. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I watched it last night too, so we're we're a little bit fresh on our on our takes.
1: <laughs> um, not much that I expressly disliked. Kind of like with Hamilton, the uh, on the first watch through. Like, sometimes they're talking so fast and they're saying so much that it's hard to understand and hard to follow. You know, a couple more watch-throughs may, may help with some of that. Like, I feel like I didn't catch everything. Right. But at the same time, like,
0: I I knew what was yeah, going got on the gist. And what was happening. I almost, like, I knew that going into it because I watched Hamilton and I wished that I had... Like the lyrics in front of me or the subtitles, subtitles on yeah. and so I, we started this movie and I thought in my head Tur- you should turn the subtitles on but I don't know what it is but I like I don't like subtitles being on the screen <laughs> when I'm first wa- obviously if the movie is a foreign movie and I, it, it has subtitles but I don't like having to look at the subtitles because it's all I'm going to feel like I'm looking at and we finished right. the movie and I thought I should have put the stupid subtitles should've on the, the subtitles <laughs>
1: You know, we started it. I don't know, the day it came out, the day after okay. it came out, and so when we said we were gonna finish it yesterday, we we decided that I don't know a couple of days ago, and I was like, well, I feel like we should start it again from the beginning because it's been a little while, right? And Carrie's like, nah, we'll just we'll just start it. So she fell asleep and I put my AirPods in, and watched it. You know? Yeah, and having my headphones in and watching, I I felt like I could hear everything, right. Rather than just watching it through the TV speakers, that makes or, sense. You know, or the the, the soundbar. Yes. Um. So I'll probably watch it a few more times. I'll download the soundtrack. Um, oh, from yeah. what I was reading, uh, quite a few of the songs from the play got cut. Oh, you're saying you'll download the soundtrack from the play? Or? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And I'll probably listen to that a few times too, because like I said, I just really like his music. Yeah. I I feel like we should uh address Lin Manuel Miranda's uh, piragua guy. <laughs> having a rivalry with uh, Mr. Softy, played by the guy that played George Washington <laughs> in Hamilton.
0: Should we? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, it, I read in the like trivia that like it was an important character to him or something, and so they were gonna cut the character, and he like felt kind of bad about it. And the mm-hmm. writer of the movie apparently said like What if you play him like?" and he was like, yeah. oh, "Okay." And so I feel like I. I feel like it was noticeable that they wanted to cut him, but they kept him in, you know?
1: I think I was reading the same thing you are. It was important to him because he was kind of the embodiment of the small business and the little guy kind of being pushed out by the changing neighborhood. Yeah, Right. Which really, I mean, there was a little bit of that in the laundromat buying Rosario's. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if the Piragua guy Mm -hmm. wasn't there that laundromat buying Rosarios was so close to the personal story of Nina and and Kevin um you wouldn't have seen it as it,
0: like a neighborhood thing
1: exactly exactly right you would have seen it as oh this is just necessary because Nina's going to a very expensive school you wouldn't have seen it as everything
0: yeah it's pushing you out you know kind of taking over yeah
1: yeah, yeah. so the piragua plus Rosario's plus the nail salon moving you you, it was kind of a theme of the movie that like the neighborhoods changing. and
0: so when it got to the point at the end where it's like now even whose Navi is leaving and the bodega is closing it's like everyone should just pack it up we're all it's not the same neighborhood anymore
1: right well and it was cool when when Kevin was talking to uh Benny and he showed him the card from the guy that he bought rosario's from where where it was uh oh hands or whatever he's like yeah the whole neighborhood was irish right and it's kind of you know it um, changed then expressing that like hey it's gonna keep changing there's nothing we can do about it all we can do is hold on to who we are yeah so that was cool and it you know kind of showed that it's not necessarily the neighborhood that is you know the big deal it's the people in it and it's the relationships that you build and
0: it's It's following, like, what their goals are. And so at a certain... Their dreams. Their dreams. At a certain point, the goal was to build this neighborhood. And then now for everyone, they've gotten to this point in their lives where now it's time for us to, like, move on. And and that was in that same conversation about him saying this whole block was Irish and stuff, the conversation ended with Benny saying so you never graduated high school and the dad saying yeah but nina did Mm -hmm. i'm getting emotional (laughs) (laughs) so it definitely that's a good catch you saying the fact that he like pointed out that the neighborhood has changed once already at least once and then now we're seeing the evolution of where it's going so you'll probably pick up on some like things you didn't like when i list things i didn't like pretty much okay um before i get into specifically like the technical issues um i did want to bring up like a critical response from like out in the internet verse and the world a lot of people have been critical about the depiction of washington heights in the film and its lack of representation of the afro latinx folks and this is not only apparently inaccurate to the reality of washington heights population but also another example of the colorism that has always been an issue in Hollywood and the same criticism was said of the original Broadway production so a lot of folks were hoping they would do better here which Lin-Manuel Miranda promised he would do in the future when he recently apologized for it and so I just wanted to kind of you know add that as something in this section since that is a big criticism that is going on out there. Other things that I had issues with, and I'm wondering if you had issues with them more from a technical standpoint, are as far as a musical goes. When you think of a Broadway musical, you think of it obviously seeing it on a stage, and you see the whole everything all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's the dancing, that's the music, that's the movement of the characters across the stage and everything. When you're adapting it into a film, obviously you do kind of change up how you're gonna film it but I felt like with the editing and and how they filmed a lot of it I feel like you missed out on getting to see everything happen so like I was missing longer takes of wide shots longer moments of whether it's dancing or just like being on the character as they're singing so you can like kind of be with the character for longer because in a lot of other musicals they they do that and so i felt like i wasn't too much of a fan of the editing because it was really fast and cut to a bunch of different stuff all at once and so i felt like i wasn't really getting to see all the moments happen it was like a music video that's really funny cuz i liked the you liked for the a lot editing of those <laughs> same reasons <laughs> well there you go there's something to talk about
1: because it's one of those things where I I I think like you'll be able to see all that that you're looking for if and when you go see the musical. Mm-hmm. Like this is something that like you want so you'll get kind of both sides, you know, both of them, right? You know what I mean? It's it's there for you to see if you want to see it, right? But here here's this version of it as well. It always it always reminds stuff like that reminds me of Jay Z has a um a line on a song on to the next one and um. I'm going to say people, but he says the N-word. Mm-hmm. He says, hove on that new shit. People, like, how come? People want my old shit. Buy my old album. Like, so it's there.
0: Yeah. So what you're saying is, like, if you want to see that, this is what don't watch now. the film version. Like, go watch. Well, not
1: don't watch the film version, but, like, if that's what you want, it's there. It's available to you. Right. But that's not what this version is.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, um... Kristen had the... Doesn't s- mean it shouldn't bother you. Yeah. That's just kind of my... Kristen had the same criticism. She felt it a lot, like, more than me. And she pointed out that, like, you know, in something like "Greece," for example, like, in a song that... Even, like, the slower moments. So, what's the one? Hopelessly Devoted to You? You're with...
1: Hopelessly Devoted to You.
0: I'm keeping that one. Cut me singing. No, up. I won't. <laughs> Not for that one. But you stay with her like in that whole scene when it gets really big and gets really personal in the song for you You cut in and you get to like see her um when it's you know kind of pulling slowing down in the song we cut wide and you see where she's moving and stuff like even in the slower songs for this movie it was cutting all around kind of like the way you said you mentioned how the, the arcs would build up and then, like, cut away. It's like I feel like even in the slow moments, it would just keep cutting away to different things. <laughs> so you never got to really feel what's this character going through right now.
1: I don't know. I feel like in in, in Breathe, they did a pretty good job of that, just staying with Nina. Uh,
0: yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one, an example of it. So, yeah, so that was that was one of the issues that I had. And then another issue I had you actually also mentioned earlier where it felt like because there was so much, so many layers to the story and the characters and everything, that that was kind of an issue for me a little bit, like with how you have to, there, there's so much happening while also not much happening at the same time. Like the, the overall <laughs> plot is very like not... Huge stakes necessarily. It's just like, mm-hmm. do I want to leave or not? Which obviously is a big decision for Usnavi. Um, and then for Nina, do I want to keep going to school when it doesn't feel right? Like things like that. They're like kind of normal mm-hmm. issues, not big dramatic ones. Um, right. And so you have that, and then also a lot going on <laughs> with each other.
1: Right. Well, you have you have Usnavi and Sunny and Benny. And Vanessa and Nina and um, Nina's dad, Kevin, the salon, Claudia, who who everybody has a relationship with. I feel like the salon girls, I liked them, but I feel like they were
0: kind of separate from the others. They were like side characters. They were there for everything. So they were clearly part of the group.
1: But so you've got all these people and then you've got like take Nina, for example. Nina is in a romantic relationship with Benny. Benny, um, but Friendly was the babysitter slash Sonny's in love with her, with Sonny. Plus, you know, her and Kevin is, you know, her, their father and daughter relationship. Right. So you've got her dreams and then the dynamic of all three of those relationships. Right. Then you've got Usnavi, who's Sonny's cousin and Benny's friend and in love with Vanessa. Right. And... So all of his individual dreams and the dynamic between all those relationships. And you do that with every single one of them. Right, exactly. So you're trying to follow each person and then trying to also follow like this relationship dynamic and this relationship dynamic. And some are more dense than others, obviously. But like you're saying, it was a lot (laughs) to follow.
0: Well, and then keep in mind that you have a lot of what they're saying is through song. So like, if you're missing lyrics here and there, you're also missing character development of how their relationships are progressing with each right. other and so then right. you have a little bit of catching up to do after so right. yeah i mean i think i think overall it was it was pretty good it, it was really just some slight i guess personal choices that i would not have liked in the technical side of it for it looking more like a music video than like a classic musical so yeah so then what would you rate it
1: I'm going to bump it up from what I get. Uh, okay.
0: uh, I'm going to give this four stars. Four stars. So then since you bumped it up, that probably means that you were where I was, where it was three and a half stars from me.
1: I was, when I did my calculation, I got 3.625. Okay. So I could bump it down or bump it up.
0: Right. What's weird is normally that's what happens. I do the calculation and the decimal is many numbers. This one was on the dot. so i was like okay (laughs) that sounds pretty like (laughs) accurate then uh would you recommend it
1: i would Mm -hmm. i would you know just like with anything else you you know it's 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 a musical and not only a musical but a musical that you have to like really decide to pay attention to because it is so fast-paced you know and everything but if that's something you're into absolutely i recommend it yeah
0: i would recommend it too i love musicals I, i i would recommend most musicals to be honest and so then That's In the Heights. In the Heights. And so to continue talking about musicals in general, you know, I think it all goes back to young Matt and young Cody being at drama camp for the summer, you know? (laughs) Um, You were in a lot more plays than I was. I... It feels like some sort of weird fever dream that I was in plays. I was nine years old, I think. I can barely remember it. <laughs> they had to be train wrecks of events that <laughs> mom and dad, and I don't know if you ever went and watched my plays, but they had to be horrible. <laughs> well, I was always there. Um, but the, And then you did ones with the older kids, which w- I always thought of you guys as so old. What were you, 14? Well, I don't know. The first year I did it, was I was in eighth grade. Well, if I was nine, then How you were in eighth grade? 15.
1: Yeah, fifteen. And I is kept like doing it through through grade. high school. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, so we like we like plays, we like musicals. I would say, or at least we did. I watched Grease with you and Jenna and Jessica so much. I guess we owned a VHS of it, but
1: I think I think Jenna Jessica did.
0: We watched Grease so many times growing up that like I just know that movie. And I feel it. like
1: that was one of the ones at Aunt Laurie's house. Oh, 100 percent. It was Grease, Great Mouse Detective.
0: I just I, I remember watching Jerry Grease. McGuire. Um, and then in high school, I was part of like the stagecraft department, so I like watched hi- our high school production of like Hairspray and stuff like that, and I always enjoyed going to those. But um, only recently, John Travolta. <laughs> yeah, John Travolta was in our high school production of of <laughs> Hairspray. I have only hey, been to professional productions of Wicked, which obviously was off Broadway. I haven't seen any musicals on Broadway, um, and I also saw one called Escape to Margaritaville, where all of the music <laughs> was, was Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett. Buffett. And Kristen and I went to you that. You have
1: been to a play on Broadway, Cody.
0: Well, I'll get to that, but it wasn't a musical. It wasn't a musical but Kristen got free tickets for escape to margaritaville from her job and we went to it like as two not really jimmy buffett fans like you probably had a blast it was great because (laughs) musicals don't have to be like that good they just have to be entertaining and it was and wicked was great as well um but yes, we have been to a Broadway show. It was The Odd Couple with Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane, which sounds right. super impressive to the point that I wish I could remember one moment from it.
1: <laughs> they were both in The Lion King.
0: Yes, Timon and Simba. And
1: that's the only musical I've been to on Broadway. You've seen the, the, the Lion King? Lion King? That's cool. now Now, Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick were not in the Broadway of course. Uh,
0: Lion King. Of course.
1: But yeah, that was good. Um, and then the ones that I've been to are Wicked, Book of Mormon, <laughs> Wicked and
0: Book of Mormon. That's it. <laughs> yeah. But then movie wise, I mean, you all, you all know, I love high school musical. Um, I, as I said, I love Grease, Sweeney Todd, love it.
1: I'm always obliged to help my friends
0: and neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Timothy Spall is in sweeney todd and he says what matt just said i'm always obliged to help my friends and neighbors and so i said to matt once i think that i i at first thought he was gonna say i'm always up to no good and because he plays (laughs) i'm just deconstructing this inside joke makes it so much dumber
1: sounds like a fever it does
0: since Timothy Spall also played Wormtail in the Harry Potter series, he can turn into a mouse or a rat. I mimed me turning my rat whiskers as if they're a mustache and saying, I'm always to no good. And I don't know why, but that's a thing now that we do <laughs> when when we're being specifically mischievous, I guess. It's because I'm always up to no good. I'm miming <laughs> the whisker turning right now. So, yeah, so Sweeney Todd classic and Chicago. I watched Chicago in Tennessee Chicago's on Blu-ray movie. or on DVD with you guys while I was trying not to throw up from the elevation sickness Sound of music is is a classic. I mean, I I just I can't think of a musical that I don't like. Oh. So Rent. I wasn't a fan <laughs> of Rent, which I was young. Like cats. I was young when I saw Rent. So I don't know if I would like it more now. Rent is good. <laughs> I would probably like it more now. I didn't get it when I was younger.
1: So as far as movies go, I really really like Sweeney Todd. Yeah, yeah. Chicago's really good mm-hmm. one. Um was not really a fan of Moulin Rouge at all. What? Oh, man. Yeah, I know. I know. It's an unpopular opinion. I love Moulin Rouge, yeah. Um, as far as ones that aren't movies, was, this is one that we did at, at the theater camp. It was mm. The Mystery of Edwin Drood, okay. which is Charles Dickens was in the process of writing this story, The Mystery of Edwin Drood. He set up a bunch of characters. He had the murder. Edwin Drood was murdered. Right. And then Charles Dickens died. Oops. So... All of these characters that he set up have some sort of motive. All of these characters have some sort of alibi, and it was never like resolved. No, no one knows what the ending of the story was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So they made it into a musical, and at the end of where Charles Dickens, like when Charles Dickens died. At that point in the story, the audience votes on who the killer should be, and there's like 14 different endings or yeah, whatever they, it is. and they
0: perform whichever like, one is chosen. Right, right.
1: Yeah, so we did that, and I was the murderer once, NBD. Wow. And then, and then I have one that was adapted into a movie that I really like the stage version, and the movie version was uh,
0: not so good, and that's Into the Woods. Into the Woods. That's all I know of that movie is in the trailer. Meryl <laughs> Streep going into the wood.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 uh, it takes like Little Red Riding Hood and Cinderella and snow and all these fairy tales. And, you know, and, yeah. And, and I don't know, like princess stories. Yeah. And kind of combines them into one story.
0: Yeah. One fairy tale,
1: which is really, really cool and really well done in the play yeah, and they got all these stars to to play in, in the movie and it just didn't really translate successfully. Right. Some stuff doesn't. Les Mis, I recognize, is really good and impressive, but I just, it's so boring.
0: Yeah. I've seen clips <laughs> from it. I did also want to mention Cabaret and all that jazz for like Fosse's movies because I recently saw those, Ugh, recently, I graduated college four, four years ago. I saw them in college, and I had never seen them before, and in Cabaret, Liza Minnelli is ridiculous how good she is, and Mm -hmm. Fosse, if you want, you know how I was saying edit, I wasn't a fan of the editing of this, if you want to see what is considered a master class of editing, you should watch Cabaret or all that jazz or both because he knew what he was doing when he was shooting and cutting those <laughs> movies and he was a Broadway director. He actually did Chicago on Broadway. Um right. and then you know, brought it over here and one of the things that he did He also did Pippin. One of the things that Bob Fosse did that they then, you know, brought into the Chicago film adaptation is that when it goes into the musical numbers, we go to a stage and they film it on a stage as if it's right. a play. And then once the mm-hmm. musical number's done, we cut back to reality, I guess you want to call it. Right. And right. I love that. It's just such a cool, you can be so artistic with it because it's whatever's happening in this musical number is completely in their head anyway. So Right. definitely check that out. It is out a out.
1: style, though. I feel like oh, if yeah. every musical did that, it wouldn't really It would work. get
0: boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I get that. And they probably had to do it for Chicago because it's that, like, Bob Fosse
1: kind
0: of thing. So, yeah. So that's that's musicals. We love musicals. I do want to just kind of let everyone know that coming up in July, I'm going to do what I'm calling Fear Street Summer. And that is where every week when a... Fear Street movie comes out on Netflix. There's going to be one every week for 3 weeks in July. I'm going to do an episode, a little bonus episode just about the each movie. There's not we're not going to be talking about like, you know, what I've been watching. There's not going to be a last part where we talk about something. It's literally just going to be about the Fear Street movie, a little thing. And then during July, Matt is going to be preparing with his wife Carrie for his baby to be born at the end of July. So that's exciting. Everyone listening to this should clap to themselves right now. Even if you're driving, take your hands off the wheel and clap. I want you if you're on a public transportation in a restaurant, wherever you're listening to this on the toilet, if you're the headmaster
1: you at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry,
0: just lightly tap the top of your hand. That Dumbledore, he's always up to no good. <laughs> so yeah, Matt's having a baby. Getting prepared for it. You know what the future is? Carrie's having a baby. Carrie's having a baby. (laughs) Matt was there to help at the beginning, but now (laughs) Carrie's having the baby. I'm also helping throughout the pregnancy and will help with the uh, raising of the child. That remains to be seen. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see what happens, but at least for July, we're having Fear Street Summer, and as long as nothing goes wrong, I'm going to be having a guest host for each episode. One of them will be Kristen, my significant other. One of them will be our cousin Taylor and one of them will be my friend Rachel. If something from that changes, I'll post it on our Instagram. Let's run that back on our story, but you can look forward to that fear street summer 2021. As if there's going to be one in 2022, there won't be, but either way, check those out.
1: 2022. There'll be a series of, uh, bonus episodes, uh, that me and Bruce and Hudson will His baby, uh, (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll record on uh, the fear street movies from a year ago that
0: sounds good okay we're gonna stick with that that's what's gonna happen in 2022 set your calendars set <laughs> your notifications look for it check us out on let's run that back on instagram let's run that back.com is our website email us at let's run Pod at gmail.com guys you're not emailing us I, I, I I'm very disappointed in you listener <laughs> but that has been our in the heights episode. I'm Cody. I'm Matt. Keep dreaming. Out there.
1: That sounded very threatening.
0: Keep dreaming. Or you'll end up on Fear Street. Alright, bye. (laughs) 2021.